Blog Talk Radio. Morning, animal folks, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I am thrilled that you've tuned in this morning, and I think you are really going to enjoy our guests. First up will be Stephen Terry of Desperate Paws, an organization that works hard to rescue animals who are coming to the end of their time at high-kill shelters. Terry has a pretty fun contest to tell you about that you might want to enter, so you won't want to miss hearing about that. And after our halftime break, Kelly Standridge from Imperial Cat is getting into the Halloween spirit by rolling out a line of Halloween-themed cat toys and other products. So stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show, and we'll be right back with lots of fun pet talk here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is Stephen Terry of Desperate Paws. Good morning, Stephen, and welcome to the Pet Place. Good morning, Marie. How are you? I'm doing very well. Desperate Paws, eh? Is that like a new uh, television drama? <laughs> Actually, it's funny because that's uh, originally why we named it that, because we... Uh we're here in Orange County, and we know how many uh, people enjoyed Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we decided to use that name. Okay. Well, if you're not a TV show, then what are you? Well, we're we're a social dog club, and um, what we do essentially is we create fun activities for the dogs and their parents. And um, what we really enjoy about it is that it gets the dogs out with everyone and socializing together as a unit. Um, and we take them to unique and fun places that are not normally thought of as dog-friendly uh, venues. Oh, well, give me an example. Well, we, we took them out to the district at Chaparosa Grill for a Super Bowl party. Um, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was definitely a unique experience. Um, we had about 80 dogs and, and close to 100 people there. Wow. And uh, we enjoyed the, the game and, and enjoyed the dogs. and. Uh, one of the unique things about it is that uh, the dogs get to come out and they get to socialize with other dogs mm-hmm. and really just just be a part of everything, which is really what they want to do anyway. Wow. Do they get disturbed by the sudden group shouting out, yay, or oh? No, actually, you know, <laughs> everyone everyone asks, and they always say, you know, have you ever had an incident or a problem? And no, you know, we, we never have. Oh, well, that's um, good. Good to know. Yeah. What what kind of activities do you plan for the dogs, though? I mean, I know that's probably real fun for the people to all get together, and it's fun for the dogs, too, to visit. But do you have any activities that the dogs can do, too? Well, we, most of our outings include activities for the dogs. Either we'll go to the dog park, uh, we'll go to the dog beach. We had a uh, uh, beach blanket bingo surf party. Wow. You know, we do hikes and we do all kinds of different activities. So, essentially, everything that we do is based around the dog. Everyone asks, "Well, can my dog come?" And we just simply say, "If your dog can't come, we don't do it." So, oh, okay, um, it's pretty simple for us. Now, do you have exclusive membership, or can anybody join? Anyone can join um, that would like to. Absolutely, um, we we are a free 
uh, social dog clubs. There are no dues or fees. Um, and we, we like it that way. We're non-breed specific. We don't discriminate on types of breeds. And uh, the more, the merrier. Okay. And do you have a website that has information about your club? Yeah, you can uh, visit us on the web. It's www.desperatepawsofocdogclub.org. Okay. And um, we work really hard through that. Excellent. And I understand that you also are involved in a lot of uh, rescue-type work. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, when we started the dog club, we began to realize how popular it was becoming um, essentially overnight. I mean, we went from no members to 300 members in about a month and no a half. No way. And, yeah. And um, so we, you know, we decided to put the, the good of the group together and give back. I mean, that's one of the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts, um, Brandy and I. So we we felt, you know, we might as well start a pod forward campaign, which would essentially help <laughs> out needy dogs in our own community. So I like did. that. Paw it forward. Yeah, paw it forward. And um, what's great about the pod forward campaign is that not only do we get dogs adopted directly from the shelter, but we fund a percentage of the adoption fee. So currently at OC Animal Care, it's $88 to adopt a dog mm-hmm. uh, minus medical expenses. And we donate fifty dollars. Oh, um, that's wonderful! And your members are paying for all of this. The members are supporting it. Uh, the local dog community as a whole, they come out to different outings. We're not; our outings aren't, you know, designed only for members. It's open to anyone who wants to come out. Okay. Um, but then we have sponsors that donate raffle items and stuff. We have uh, angel tickets and improv passes and all kinds of stuff to help us raise funds for this. Oh, that is and wonderful. Then, yeah, and 100% of the funds collected actually go directly to the adoption events. So uh, we had our first one last December, our holiday dog adoption event, and uh-huh. then our next one was this last June, and the next one coming up is a, this December again. Well, that sounds really fun. So it's a fun social network that gets involved in the community, too. I mean, you have all the aspects of a fun organization all wrapped up in one. Yeah, well, we like to we like to consider it as Dog 360. So if you you know enjoy dogs, you're going to find one one of our. We have over 40 um, activities a year, so at least one of them you're going to enjoy. Um, and we also give back, which is what we we're really proud of. That is very cool. And I know that after the serious tragedies in Japan with the earthquake and the following tsunami and flooding. You got involved there, too. Can you look, tell me a little bit about your uh, pet relief effort in Japan? Well, you know, Bernie and I, we, obviously we're, we're into the pet community, and, um, you know, we were watching the news, and we were seeing videos and of what was going on there. And for us, it was obvious that the earthquake, you know, could happen here. We live in Southern California, mm-hmm. and we realized that there are so many uh, dogs and cats and just family pets that would be affected here in Southern California that we would want help mm-hmm. from others outside. So when we began to see what was happening, um, we started a pet relief effort. So we got a hold of all of our friends um, and we contacted our sponsors and said, can you guys be a collection site? You know, And we got a hold of our, our pet rescue friends with FOCHIP um, and said, hey, can you guys collect money? help for the shipping. Mm-hmm. 
so essentially we, we uh, gathered, with the help of the entire community, uh, almost 40,000 pounds wow. of pet food and aid, which was then shipped to Japan phenomenal. Uh, to World Vets. How did you know it was getting to the people who needed it? Was there Were you able to follow up at all and, and see the results of your effort? We were able to um, speak with World Vets. We, we spoke um, with Dr. King, and we were able to find out what cities um, the relief was going to, and that actually there were veterinarians on the ground there, um, Japanese veterinarians that were actually utilizing it. I mean, you, you know, I look at it today and think to myself, how could this possibly even happen? Because you, you don't have a shelter. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything, you know. We, we were getting phone calls from people that were saying, you know, my dad left his dog um, tied up to a truck, you know, mm-hmm. with a Ziploc bag around its collar and some money in it and a note that said, please take care of my dog. Oh wow! And when we started finding out about that, it was um, it was devastating to us because you know we love our dogs and we we love our pets, mm-hmm. and I can't possibly imagine um, leaving my home or being forced to leave my home because it's in rubble. Oh, it was so devastating! I I after seeing all the footage of what was going on over there and the complete destruction of. Just miles and miles of area, everything just being washed away, buildings, cars, people, animals. I just don't know how you'd ever even get reunited at that well, the point. Biggest, the biggest problem that they had was not necessarily getting reunited, but actually putting them somewhere to house them. I mean, you, you have to realize they couldn't bring the dogs into the shelters for the people. They wouldn't allow them mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So they had to make kennels so you had world vets international you had spca international and they're all off doing what they need to do but then they have to deal with customs in japan mm-hmm. and get this stuff into japan because they don't already have it there right all right and we don't really see anything on the news anymore but i just can't imagine that everything is completely back to normal again based on what no, it looked uh, like after uh, the disaster. So what's going on there now in terms of pets and what's still needed? Well, we, we talked with uh, World Vets, and one of the things that is drastically needed is still housing for the for the animals and the people. The, the biggest problem is the homes were, were destroyed, mm-hmm. and they don't have a home, obviously. Yeah. Um, they have found some shelters. And people are taking in family members now. They've reunited family members with family members. Mm-hmm. And they are reuniting the animals, but it's it's a slow process. Definitely. Um, I, I couldn't know. even imagine trying to figure out where all these animals belong. I know here after Hurricane Katrina, trying to figure out who owned the animals that were all picked up by the various rescue organizations that were there was next to impossible. I just... On the scale of what happened in Japan, I just can't imagine taking on that and being successful. Well, one of the things that's great about Japan is they are a pet-loving you know, country. Mm-hmm. And what they've done is they've created sort of like the registry that they've created for people. They've created a registry for pets. Oh, okay. And they've taken photos and they've put them up all over 
And one of the things that's unique, too, is that they actually used microchips. It's, it's one of their main focuses in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we love microchips, and we think they're wonderful to have. Um, we'd like to see more people using them. Definitely. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not... They're not an unsophisticated country in the, in the respects of how they treat animals. So essentially it was a really, it was a unique experience that Brandy and I were happy to take part in. We were glad that we did it. It was difficult in that they are a very traditional country that are very um, set up essentially to, you know, they want to they remain united and, and singular, I guess is a, is a way to okay. put it. but. Well, that sounds like a pretty cool activity for your dog club to be involved with and one that I'm very impressed with. But on the more local level, what's your dog club's next big event coming up? Um, We have a um, Howling Halloween party. Um, It's being held at Old World Village on October 29th from noon to 4. Okay. Um, it's actually a fundraiser for our Pod Forward campaign that will be funding our next adoption event in December. And it's going to be tons of fun. There's going to be costume contests, uh, small dog races. It's going to be trick-or-treating for the kids and the dogs. Wow. And the uh, meals included as well. Sounds great. And listeners, here's a big contest for you. If you dress up your dogs or cats or any of your pets in uh, cute Halloween costumes, Snap a photo of it and email it to us here at the Pet Place at PetPlaceTV at gmail.com. And Stephen and I will look at all these pictures and decide which one is the best. And, Stephen, do we have a prize? We do. Uh, We have a pass for four to the Howling Halloween event, um, which does include a meal also. So we'd love to give that out, and we'd love to look at the great dogs and costumes. It's lots of fun. Wonderful. This is great stuff. Well, we need to take a quick break now, but Kelly Standridge from Imperial Cat will be stopping by next to talk about some pretty spooky cat toys, and her company has just come out with some very cool scratchers, too. So stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. You are listening to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome Kelly Standage from Imperial Cat to the program. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Marie. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I understand that Imperial Cat has some very cool products available that are kind of in line with the Halloween season. We do have some uh, Halloween scratchers and toys for cats. Uh, we're very excited about them, and they're, they're very popular. Uh, something just fun and, you know, to add a little something to the holidays for your kitties. I understand they're eco-friendly also. They are eco-friendly. Um, our toys and um, scratchers are uh, mostly made here in the United States. Um, all of our scratch and shapes are made with um, recycled corrugated cardboard. Um, they're very... Uh, have soy-based inks, non-toxic glues, so they're very uh, 
good for the environment and also good for your cat. We we try to make something that's going to be very safe for them. Wow. Can you describe some of your Halloween scratchers? Yes, we have uh, we have three hanging scratchers that can be hung from a doorknob for easy scratching. Uh, one features a ghost. We have also a Frankenstein monster and a little silly skeleton scratcher. Wow. Uh, one of our most popular ones, though, is our pumpkin two-in-one scratch and shape. It actually comes with two separate pieces, and it features um, a little pumpkin face with a scary scene in the middle of it. Uh-huh. So you can uh, take those two scratch and shapes apart, and you have um, two scratchers basically for the price of one. Oh, that's so cool. So do the kitties understand that these are actually for them and they're not just decorations? Uh I just took a a scratch and shape to one of uh, my friends who had gotten a new kitty, and we set it down on the floor, and this kitty was only uh, about five months old, Mm -hmm. and he immediately went right to the scratcher, started scratching on it, rubbing on it, playing on it. The scratch and shapes are very multifunctional. They're for scratching, playing, and sleeping. So cats can really get a lot of use out of these um, scratch and shapes. Well, they sound wonderful. Are they sort of scented with catnip also? We include a bag of certified organic catnip with every scratch and shape, so you can put as much or as little catnip on there as you want. Uh, We all know kitties are different, and Mm -hmm. some of them don't need that extra bunch of catnip, but but it certainly does help uh, to make the scratchers a little more fun and enjoyable for your cat. Oh, that sounds very fun. I have one kitty in particular who just loves catnip, and when I sprinkle a little bit on his scratcher, he just goes wild. It's just so much fun to watch. It is a lot of fun to watch. I think it's almost as much fun for us as it is for them. Tell me a little bit about Imperial Cat. Was it Founded by somebody who is just a big cat lover? Mm -hmm. Imperial Cat started as a family business uh, back in 1986. Oh, wow. So we've been around for a long time, and uh, the owners had cats, and they they knew um, they also, uh, the owner had owned a box company, so he would bring home corrugated samples, and the cats would just love to scratch on them. So Mm -hmm. uh, over the years, the um, Imperial Cat line developed with the scratch and shapes, and um, they've just gone uh, very well for us. That is so cool. Do you get any uh, photographs or stories from some of your customers about how their kitties have responded to your products? We have customer comments all the time. We actually have a lot of comments and photographs posted on our website. Oh, what Uh, is your website? It is imperialcat.com. Oh, that's easy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have, uh, we have little videos that people have sent us, um, lots of different uh, photographs and um, comments from our customers. So we also have um, a Facebook site, and we get occasional uh, postings on that as well with people who are just in love with with Imperial Cat Scratchers and toys. Tell me a little bit about your toy line now. I understand that you've really taken into consideration safety and choking, and and I love that about your product line. But what are some of the, the toys that you have available? 
Uh, for Halloween, we have uh, three catnip-filled toys that are made here in the United States by hand. Uh, we have a Frankenstein monster toy, <laughs> a, a ghost toy, and I think our most popular one has been our catnip candy corn toy, which is shaped like a, a piece of candy corn. So that one has been really popular with people. But it's it's obviously a lot bigger than a piece of candy it's corn. It's a lot bigger than a piece of candy corn. Uh, they're probably, and since they're handmade, they all vary slightly, but they're generally about four inches long and probably two and a half to three inches wide. So um, they're, they're a good-sized toy, and, of course, they're filled with our certified organic catnip, so the cats really are attracted to them. Wow, that sounds great. And do the cats are they are the cats able to just bat these across the floor? Do they roll really easily? These toys are fabric, so certainly they can uh they're generally small enough and lightweight enough that the cats can pick them up, swat them, chew on them. We recognize that cats are going to be much like a toddler, so you have to make toys that are going to be safe for them to um, chew and uh, rub on, and we try and keep that in mind when we're creating our toys. That's really neat. Tell me a little bit about your creative department. How do they come up with their ideas? <laughs> sometimes a customer will suggest something. Uh, sometimes we just sit around and talk about things that cats like in nature and um, will kind of spin off an idea from that. Um, the the corrugated cardboard in our scratchers actually mimics um, natural tree bark, which is what you know, cats would like to scratch on in the wild. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice rough texture that they really enjoy scratching. And we do that, again, with our um, toys. We just try and... Um, brainstorm and come up with little ideas. So it's it's really a group effort here at Imperial Cat. <laughs> it sounds like it. Now the scratchers that, that you've described so far, they sound like um, they're disposable. So when they were out, you would just go ahead and toss them and, and get a new one for the next holiday or the next theme that you've got going, right? That's right. They are disposable, but they're also recyclable. They're 100% corrugated cardboard and paper so they can be put right in with your uh, paper recyclables when they're worn out and certainly just purchase a brand new one that's excellent about how long do they last for the typical cat uh, most of our scratch and shapes will last anywhere from a, up to a year some will last a lot longer and it's really the cat's preference sometimes um like I said, that as they wear down the rough texture, once they get that worn down, they don't like to scratch on it. Other cats will scratch it all the way through to the floor and will enjoy it for many years. So <laughs> that's really the cat's preference, but we do say they should last at least a year for you. Okay. And do you make any permanent scratchers or cat trees, or do you mostly just make the products we've discussed so far? We mostly just stick with the um, corrugated scratching surface. We feel as though that is um, the ideal scratching surface for cats. Okay. It it um, yields under their claws. And as you know, cat scratching isn't just about scratching. It's also sometimes a way for cats to 
to visually mark their territory. So when they can tear up this scratching pad and leave claw marks and show that they've been there, that helps satisfy some of their territorial instincts. So they won't be using your couch and cooking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably a good idea to put these in various spots of the house and train your kitty to, to know that this is the good place to scratch. And that way they always have something no matter where they are. And then with all these cool themes that you have going, it, your house always looks like you've just decorated. That's right. That's right. You, if you can't decide on just one scratch and shape, there's no need to. You can get one for get a different one for every room in the house. That's great. And are they all pretty affordable? They are pretty affordable. They start at around uh, $7.95. We have some very large pieces that are approximately four feet long that uh, retail for um, upwards of $179.95. So there's a price point for everybody. Okay, and how about the toys? What's your price range there? Our toys, um, generally on the Halloween toys, they retail at around five ninety five. That we do have um, other toys, non seasonal toys that are as low as two to three dollars, depending on retail. Now, are these only available online, or can you purchase them at your local pet supply store? Uh, we do sell nationwide to independent pet retailers, and they're also available online. Uh, if you visit our website, imperialcat.com, we have a store locator, so you can find a store near you. Oh, excellent. So you don't have to wait for it to be shipped. So if That's you're right. Generate, you can get it right now. You sure can. <laughs> Kelly, it's so much fun to include our pets in our holiday celebrations, and Imperial Cat has really taken that idea and run with it to make sure our pets are safe and happy. So thanks for coming by the Pet Place today and telling our listeners about these fun products. Well, thank you for having me, Maria. I appreciate it. We need to take our final break of the morning now, but when we return, it's time for Pet Place News and Events coming right up here on AM 1260. Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Remember we talked about Orange Dog last week? Well, their special event is coming up on October 26th from 6 to 10 p.m. at the Orange Dog Bar and Grill located at 18552 Beach Boulevard in Huntington Beach. Come and enjoy great food and entertainment while supporting the restaurant's mission to find homes for shelter dogs with their special freedom flights to Canada. For more information, visit www.orangedogbarandgrill.com. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.